Good morning. Nice. All right. The first service, they were still kind of asleep, so you guys did great. Welcome to worship this morning. I'm Pastor Corey. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at Legacy. And I'm really excited about uh, wrapping up this series, but all along, this series has been great. What the world needs now is... You're still, you're, still, you're still awake. I want to thank Brandon for his wonderful singing. Um, I, I want you all to stay in your seats, so I'm not going to sing that line. Uh, you would all leave if I did. The, what I love about this series is that in the world that we're in that seems to be fighting a lot, we see, we read a lot, how people are not getting along. And this series has been about how the community of faith lives together, loves together, does faith together. And so we are ending this series on love regardless. Love anyway, love. Now I've been in ministry in some form since 1995. In the 28 years that I have been a pastor in different places across this country, um, I have seen a lot. I have seen the good that a faith community can do. I can, I've seen how faith community can impact their community, can bring the love of God, can bring people what they need, what they're in need of. I can, I've also seen communities function um, dysfunction well, <laughs> function not so nice. How they have faced conflict and some communities know how to do conflict. They do it well. And I've seen other communities who do not do conflict well at all. In my 28 years of ministry, I have seen, I've come to conclude that there's, that there's uh, everyone when it comes down to conflict has a choice. And it boils down to these two basic choices. When conflict comes up between two believers, two or two groups or more within a faith community, you have two choices, basic choices. The first choice is to react in a way that comes from your gut, your heart, or your head. This comes from uh, when you were growing up, how you learned to react to situations, in your, how you were raised. What did you do when conflict came? Did you become angry? Did you throw a tantrum? Did you become a doormat? Did you close off? Did you become a bully? That's your first choice, is to fall back on the gut, heart, or head. However it is, that knee-jerk reaction, that first reaction, that's your first choice. Your second choice is to choose to react the way God wants us to act, to react the way that God wants us to be in conflict. He wants us to choose love. Now, I have a friend who, up, uh, when I served up north, I know it's so confusing because this is Legacy North, but I served, uh, you guys some years ago had sent me north to serve the churches in central North Dakota. And I had a, I had a friend, I have a friend, and a, a parishioner in one of those churches who called me one day. He said, Corey, he said, I got this great idea for a class. Would you teach a class? Well, yes, of course I'll teach a class. What do you want me to teach on? I love teaching. Let's do this. He said, I want you to teach on the book of Revelation. Oh, I said, okay, really? Of all the things that you want to talk about, 
You want me to teach on the book of Revelation? Yes, yes. Uh, we need to know more about it, and, and, and you need to teach on this. I said, okay. I will teach on this. I will teach on this, but you need to know right now you're not going to like it. You're not going to like what I have to say. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like what I teach. He said, well, no, it'll be fine. You go ahead and teach it. You see, he had it in his mind that I believed exactly like he did about everything. A tendency all of us fall into sometimes. So I did my prep work. I got ready. And trust me, I bathed this in prayer because I knew what was coming. I prepared who wrote it right? The time period, all that. And then I went through the timeline of how Revelation has been interpreted. And when I went through that timeline of how Revelation has been interpreted, I saw his face change. It went from interest to scowl. And he became very angry. He left the class before I could talk to him. And I did not hear from him again. He severed ties with me, and he severed ties with the church. Now, everywhere Jesus taught, he ran into conflict. There was, sometimes he caused conflict with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, those leaders who should have known better. But a lot of the times, people came to him and brought conflict to him. Now, we have to remember that Jesus was within the faith community of the Jewish tradition, of the Jewish religion. And so the section we're going to read is about uh, a legal expert coming to Jesus who's in the Jewish tradition. So these two people are from the same faith community, Jesus and this legal expert. Do you know what a legal expert is? A, A lawyer, right? Because a lawyer knows the law. Well, that's exactly what a legal expert is when you read the New Testament, one of the three, uh, uh, excuse me, four first books of the New Testament. A legal expert is someone who knows the law. Uh, Jewish law, there was a Sabbath, you had to keep it. The legal expert knew exactly how many steps you could take on Sunday before you broke the law. You laugh, but it's true. The legal expert knew everything, knew the edges, knew how far to get, how far I could go to touch this before it's a sin. That's the legal expert's job. So he comes to Jesus, and he's got a question. We have to remember that Jesus and this legal expert, they're both from the same faith community. There's two people coming together, and he's got a question. We find this in Luke 10. You can follow along in your Bibles. I know half of you have it memorized, so it'll be fine, or I'm going to read it for you, okay? So here we go, Luke 10. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, such a good teacher, such a great teacher. What is written in the law? How do you interpret it? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your being, with all your strength. And with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right. (laughs) Never tried to do that before, have you? 
the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right. So he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? You see, on the two uh, aspects of the greatest commandments, love the Lord God with all that you have and love your neighbor as yourself, they agreed. They agreed on that. Jesus and the legal expert, they agreed. You probably never thought about that, have you? That Jesus and the legal expert agreed on something. They did. They agreed on that. Absolutely. Here is where the conflict comes in. Two people from the same faith community start to get into conflict. That conflict comes in, well, how do you define neighbor? How do you define neighbor? That's where the rub started. So Jesus answers, not straight away, but he answers with a story. We continue on in Luke. Jesus replied, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now, it just so happened that a priest was also going down the same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot, saw the injured man, and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Now, those two are from the same faith community. The priest and Levite, same faith community as the person who was beat up. Same as Jesus, same as a legal expert. Jesus continues the story. A Samaritan, I say that scathingly, I'll explain that in a minute. A Samaritan who was on a journey came to where the man was. But when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him and bandaged his wounds, tending them with oil and wine. Then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took two full days' worth of wages and gave them to the innkeeper, and he said, take care of him, and when I return, I will pay you back any additional costs. What do you think? Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who encountered the thieves? The legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy towards him. He didn't say the Samaritan. He couldn't even say the word Samaritan. It's the one who demonstrated mercy. And Jesus said, with a big smile on his face, I just know it. I just know he had a smile on it. For those of you who think Jesus never smiled, you're wrong. I could just see Jesus with a big smile saying, go and do likewise. <laughs> no, he didn't do that. I did that. He didn't. Go and do likewise. You see, the Samaritans and the Jews, the Israelites, they had a big problem. Every year they would go to the temple to celebrate the Passover feast. And so for a time, there's, Samaria is a country. And those Israelites that had to pass through Samaria as a direct path to Jerusalem would cut through the country. But then there was a conflict with those traveling to Jerusalem. And the Samaritans pulled out their swords and they, you know, the Bible is, is violent. They killed, they killed They killed those who were going down to Jerusalem. And so the Samaritans and the Israelites hated each other. From that point on, after that, whenever the the festival came, the Israelites went around Samaria, right? Most of you have cars to get places. 
They, they had their feet and donkeys. So rather than going through a country where they might be killed or because they hate the people so much, they go all the way around to get to Jerusalem. That hatred was seated in their hearts and passed down to their children. They hated them. So when Jesus uses a Samaritan to love regardless of the fight, to, re- to love regardless of the hatred, to love regardless of how he felt about Israelites, he knelt down. He bandaged. He poured oil and wine and soothed the, the wounds. Picked him up. You ever pick somebody up before? One time, my wife and I, uh, my wife had just had her wisdom teeth out. Isn't that a wonderful experience, having your wisdom teeth out? And she was going into the kitchen. She's sitting here. I'm, I'm not looking at her. And she was going into the kitchen, and she passed out. And she fell into my arms. And I thought, oh, I'm strong. I can do this. No, you, you know how hard it is to pick somebody up? He picked up this bruised man, put him on the donkey, took him to the inn, and paid money to take care of him. Regardless of the fight, regardless of the hatred, he loved regardless. And then Jesus has the audacity to tell the legal expert to do the same thing. Because the legal expert and you and I are children of God. And we are supposed to love the way he does. Love regardless. Oh, Do you want to know how the story ends with my friend? No? We'll just go to communion. Oh, yes. Okay, good. So I'll just go straight to communion if you don't want to hear it. So he he left. He severed ties with me. He severed ties with the church. But he still was connected with the people in the church. And so I heard through the grapevine that his cousin had passed away. And his cousin lived in Iowa. He didn't have the money to go down there and visit his family and go to the funeral. But he really wanted to but he had no way to do it. And so I got wind of this, and after praying about it, I called him. I didn't bring up what had happened. I didn't bring anything up. I just said, I said, friend, you need to get to Iowa to be with your family. I'm going to give you $600 to buy a plane ticket and eat and come home. That's all I said. That's all I said. I don't tell you that to say, yay, Corey, good job, Corey. I tell you that because it is only through the, through the Holy Spirit, only through God's love that this happens. It is because God asks me, tells me to be a child of God and to act like a child of God that I called, picked up the phone and called him and said, you know what, I'm a child of God, you're a child of God, I'm going to act like one, <laughs> are you, here is $600, Go be with your family during this time. He flew to Iowa and he was with his family. He came home and we had coffee afterwards. And I remember him coming uh, to sit down. I'd been there early reading a book. And as he's coming towards me, um, he's shaking his head. He's like, I don't understand. I don't understand. I severed the relationship. I cut it off. Why would you do this? Because I love you, man. Because you are a child of God, and so am I. So let's act like it. I have news for you. You are all children of God. 
You are children of the Most High. Abba is your daddy. So, act like it. When conflict comes, choose to love regardless. Act like children of God. Do not make the choice of the gut, the heart, or the head. Choose to be children of God and to act compassionately with love and grace. And if you want to know how, see the previous sermon series. (laughs) Everything else we've talked about to this point. It is your choice to act like a child of God or not. But be who you are. Act like it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of grace, this time to stand in your presence and to say thank you and to bask in your love and your grace. Prepare our hearts. Forgive us of our sins of commission and our sins of omission. Cleanse us. Prepare us to stand in your presence and to proclaim that we are children of God. We ask this in your name. Amen.